0: And again, not necessarily go here with me. I just want to summarize some of Luke 14 just prior to the text that we're going to read in Luke 14, 7. And so Jesus has been walking with his disciples, and he's been talking to them, of course, and teaching them and, and just really pouring his life into them and, and really just trying to get them to understand that he is the Son of God. His God became flesh, and he's walking on this earth. And and they they know he's the son of God, but they, the connection that he's there to usher them into an eternity is still not connected. And so he's teaching them how to live everyday life, if you will, in the spirit as a believer. How do we live everyday life? How do we do this thing? I mean, it, it's hard. It, it's tough. But it's, I, I'm just going to say it. It's it, It's tough because... Maybe we don't believe what we sang this morning as much as we should or believe that God is really there like he said he is. And I'm just speaking from experience. <laughs> you know, I got, God has to remind me all this time. This week has been one big reminder. Oh, my goodness. That God is just there. Even more so than big Justin in the back, waving his hands, trying to get my attention. I didn't even see him. See? I mean, I mean, I'm over here. I don't know if any of you wondered. But I really believe we're in a season of time where God is speaking to our heart. And the one thing that's on my heart, I, I don't know if you remember or not, because I only say it every Sunday. My one thing that God has told me to do is first grow my heart closer to him. And then equip us to do the same. I'm, I am I'm telling you, it's that simple. It's the same thing almost every Sunday, but right now that's, that's, it's that simple. And so I'm over here, and I, I'm reminded most of the time growing closer to God is a minor adjustment in our life. You might think it's major, but it's minor because if we only minor, if we only take that one small step toward God, he's the one that expedites it and grows it. So I'm here trying to play the tamarind, totally forgetting that my ear right here is about 80% out, for real. I th- a, a virus about five years ago took my hearing. I can't hear. <laughs> I can't hear what they're doing. I'm going, what in the world? So I had to step down. I had, even in the middle of worship service, I had to step down in front of all of you. And, I mean, no big deal. I mean, I know, I'm sure you didn't go, ooh, he stepped down, you know. But But so I had to come over here. Why? I had to make a minor adjustment so that I could hear was only a minor one, but once I got over here, I could hear, and I could play with the group, the band, the body. Minor adjustments. Don't you think it's a huge thing to get closer to God? Don't you think that it's going to take forever? Don't you think that it's going to be impossible? We're going to talk today about what will stop us from growing closer to God if we're not careful. So here he is. He's at a wedding. Jesus is. I'm not at Luke, Luke yet where I'm talking about Luke, but he's at a, he's at a wedding in verse seven and, and Jesus is continuing to talk to his disciples and talk to those that are listening to him. And he says, you know, if you're invited to a wedding, if you're invited to a party, if you're invited to an event, don't, don't sit in the best seat. He said, because sure enough, you know what's going to happen. Of course, this is all paraphrasing. But you know, sure enough, what's going to happen is the guest is going to come up to you. This would be kind of weird. I've kind of, probably some of us experienced this. I'm sitting in the best seat, and you get the, the host will come up and go, uh, um, that's for someone else. <laughs> um, let me see. Your seat is back there. So you get up. Can you imagine that? You get up and, oh, my goodness. You know, you go to the back. He said, no, 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 don't do that. He said, when, you come, when, when you're invited to a party, to a wedding in this case, sit in the back. and Let the host come back and get you and bring you up. That you might be honored and that you might be seen as a close friend. And all Jesus is saying is, it really is about being humble. It's, it's not about thinking you're someone you're not. It's not about being better than God. It's not about thinking you got this and you don't need him. It's about sitting at the back. Letting Christ come and get you, grab you by the hand. Set you in a place next to the Father. So let's go now to Luke 14, 22. Nope, sorry. Let's go to Luke 14, 15. It says this. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are not ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a piece of land and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I asked to have me excused. And still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor and the maimed, and the lame and the blind, And the servant said, Master, it's done as you have commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. There's quite a lot being said here, actually. And as you look at the scenario, uh, it seems pretty simple. I mean, there's this great supper going on, and he invited some friends. And you got to know that back in these days, I mean, these were social people. I mean, they didn't have Facebook and, you know, planes and trains and automobiles. These people, when you were invited to some kind of a wedding or some kind of a party or some kind of event, it was a real deal. And the thing is, is, uh, I mean, in a, in a lot of scenarios, actually, you know, if if you were to uh, say, like they're saying, just excuse me, it's a real insult. Matter of fact, in this case, it would be a great insult to the person that was inviting them. Great insult. And I think if you look back, and as I, as I looked at some scenarios over the week in this, Um, it's said that even some wars were started because there was invitations made to kings or to people and because they said, no, excuse me, that literally that was such an insult that a war would break out between neighbors or enemy, you know, uh, different countries. So it's kind of interesting as as we look at this, but the one thing I want to do is I want to take out of this in Luke and I want us to look at, you know, how, how does that look at, First of all, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people that he's talking to. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they get a bad rap, and maybe rightfully so. I mean, Jesus really addressed them all the time, right? And you see, they're still not getting it. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, and a matter of fact, there's some lawyers here now in this in this group, in this text to help us bring everything together. And so here's what you have. You have the lawyers, you could say scribes, but scribes are really scribe more than lawyers lawyers. So lawyers in these days, they took the word of God and they interpreted it. And they said, hey, this is what this text is saying. This is what this scripture is saying. And then the Pharisees, they would take that by the letter of the law, meaning they would take exactly what was the lawyer said, and then they would say, and you all do this. Now, wait. I'm not saying I do this. You all do this. And so they put on nice robes and look clean on the outside. And Jesus addressed them all the time and said, you know, you look nice on the outside, but you're a mess on the inside. You're, you're just a mess. And they're, and even though he's the son of God, they still ain't getting it. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the lawyers, and the scribes, and they're just kind of like, They're looking at Jesus and they're trying to figure out every way they can to get him out of their life because they are no longer looked at as the head priest. But Jesus now is starting to be, hmm, who's that Jesus guy? And they like Jesus, you know what? Because Jesus says, you know what? Yeah, you obey God's word, but don't obey the letter of the law of the scribes. Don't obey the letter of the law of the Pharisees. They're making stuff up. So he's constantly, constantly, constantly addressing his disciples and letting them know, don't be like that. Don't be that religious person that looks to the world and the world's writings and the laws instead of God. So next thing you know, toward the end of the scripture here, it says, for I say to you that none of these men or none of those men who are invited shall taste my supper? Who's he talking about? He's talking about Israel. He's talking about God's chosen people. That literally God cho- had a chosen people, Israel, the people of Israel, chosen. It'd be like someone coming, the president of the United States. What's his name? Oh, Donald Trump. He, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't. No, actually, I lift him up and 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 pray for him all the time. Uh, he walks into the room, and he invites me to the White House. And I look at him, I said, "Nah, I got this. Nah, today, you know. No, nah, I got my, my uh, helicopter right out there right now. Let's go. Ah, nah, you know. I don't think so. You know, I got to stay here and finish up. And we got lunch. Oh, actually, we're going bowling today, you know, so thanks anyway. Appreciate the invite. Jesus is ushering in the kingdom of heaven. He's, the, he's, he's the, the last event, for lack of a better way to say it, that happens. The, the, the perfect sacrifice that takes place, that that when it's, when it's a, a done deal, and, and I'm being respectful there, but seriously, when it's a done deal, when he goes to the cross where he's crucified, he's buried, he rises again, he sits on the right-hand side of God, and it's, it's a done deal. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, God's Chosen people start making excuses. You don't understand. I just bought some ground. I, excuse me, I can't be there. You don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand? I just, I just got some oxen. I mean, you know, I got to go test drive them. You know that? Excuse me. I, 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 wait, Wait, wait. You know what? I got a wife. <laughs> and she said excuse me and the people of israel he says for i say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper now i'm not saying that's this is not saying that that not all people of of course got and god's chosen people would not have eternity in accepting christ as our savior repenting and believing But this is saying when you choose not to choose Christ as your Savior, it's a done deal. You'll never taste eternity in heaven. Never. So now let's kind of like bring it up to speed where we're at. And as I look at this, and I'm looking at what the Word's telling me this morning, and I'm going to bring up the, uh, you got it. Thank you, Ryan. God created us to love him and express that love to others. Okay. Do you know what that means? God created us to love him and express that love to others. God meant for us to be an expression of his love. But if we, we, do, we know not his love, that can't happen. If we're not close to him, that can't happen. And then I got to think about this, because if you think about being close to God, what does that mean? I mean, I'm being for real. Um, Doesn't it mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, Pastor Tony? I mean, right? You know, it's, it's different. It's different for everybody. Answer? No. It's not different for anybody. Watch this. For God so loved the world he gave his one and only son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The love of God starts with a seed. It's the same for every single person. There is no one exempt from that seed being planted in their heart. In receiving that seed. No one exempt. There's no one exempt. And once that point of salvation comes. That every single person. Is on the same plane. They're at the same level. They're in the same position. You get what I'm saying? There's no, there's no one bigger or better or badder. There's no one that knows more, knows less. Every single person, when they repent and believe, are exactly at the same place. We can't be fooled to believe that it's any different than that. Because when we do, we start making excuses. That the Son of God himself comes. The Word of God itself comes to this place. You can hear it right now. And as it's spoken, as it's, as we sing and as we worship, it goes before God. And God's spirit reveals his word to us. And when that revelation comes, thou shall not steal. Honor your father and mother. When that revelation comes, greater is he that's in me, Jesus, than he, the devil, that's in the world. When those things come, we all have the same choice. To receive it or go, oh, not today. Not today. No, 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 no. Not today. I I, I can't do that. Let me see. Um, Well, you know, I bought some ground, and so I I really can't be in church today because I have to go um, look at it. It might not be there tomorrow. So let me do that. And um, I mean, you're all in church, so I can say that, right? You know, right. The Word of God comes. He starts or tries to give us direction in life. He speaks to us about where we're going at Four Corners Church or a visitor that has come in. You've come in for a reason. It's an appointed time. It really is. And God wants to speak to your heart. And all of a sudden, when he's speaking through his word and his spirit and through praise, you have a choice to make. Every single person the same choice. Receive it or make an excuse why you can't when God is bigger than that. So... God says, "I want to talk to you. I want, I, I want you to listen to me." Well, you know, I just bought a new puppy dog, and yeah, if I don't go home right now, I'm just using. I, I'm saying things that people told me. So uh, whatever, I got to go feed the puppy dog. Well, how come you didn't feed the puppy dog before you came here? Well, you know, because it's a strange little puppy dog. He only eats at twelve oh one. I'm just. I'm, I don't know. It's really strange, uh, but it, but I better go right now because he might go potty. Potty where on his papers? But you know, I'm trying to train him to go. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing: God created us to love Him and express that love to others, and that expression comes from His love. Who here has the ability to love? Come on, this is uh, you have to participate. You know you do. And when you love, is it okay to love? With your love to other people. Of course it is. God's put that within us. I mean, when you're angry, you're normally angry at other people, aren't you? Yeah. So what's it mean to love a God's love? It means to wake up. No, seriously, wake up. That guy in the third row over there. That's No, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was waking up someone over here, and I thought that. And it did. It worked. That was pretty good. You know what's so cool is to watch God work in someone's life. Meaning they're starting to listen and respond. Oh my! And I w- I would never do it, and I won't. But I, I mean, I know like 15 people. I mean, more. But I mean, 15 people right here in this room that God's just grabbed, and they're just growing, growing, growing. I just I just stand in awe, just going. Wow, because it's an expression of his love. And, like, every time you turn around, they go, hey, you believe this? This happened, this happened. I prayed, and God did this. And I'm going, ah, that's awesome. I want to, I want to like, just shout and scream, and it scares people, so I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I try. See, you see how I'm trying to mellow out just a tad. God wants us to express his love, you guys, his love. And if we have no relationship with him, it ain't going to happen. And the problem becomes the expression of God's love in our life is what it reflects back. You find yourself struggling with people. You find yourself struggling with employers, with relationships. You find yourself struggling. And I, and I mean this. I know life is one big struggle. But like I was listening to Heather talk, and you find yourself, I mean, if your whole life basically is like one big struggle, and with especially with relationships, take a deep breath. And first, what is your relationship with God? Because that, that, that kind of relationship is not one of struggle. And so if your life is about struggle, there's something going on. And I'll only say this one last time. Stop making excuses. That it's someone else or something. Allow his, his heart to go out before you. And then people will see it. I'm telling you, they see it. They feel it. They can touch it. They respond to you differently. Why? Because you're responding to them differently. Our mission at 4CBC here is to equip the saints, strengthen the family, and grow in spiritual strength. That's it. And as we do that, we walk together. As we do that, we encourage one another. And it's not just here. I mean, it's, it's the church. We're to do this as the church. So look, what happened first? The Bible says, the Word says, that first, what happened was the master sent, the master sent. Then it says, then he invited, the master invited. He sent his servant out to what? To go gather up the people. Okay, the the supper's ready. Go get them. To do what? To invite them in. And they all started making excuses. No, I'm for real. Just okay. One little, one more little side note. I have a question. If someone of prominence, I mean, we could say the president of the United States. If if the president walked in here and invited any one of you to go with him, now I'm not being political, so no, don't come back with, you know. But, you know, would would you go? I mean, seriously, if you knew it was a real deal and he looked you right in the face and said, hey, come with me, man. You know, you were picked out of the phone book, and we're going to take – we're going to take it back to the White House, and you can ask me any question you want. We're going to we're going to have a great banquet, and you know I know this seems a little far fetched, but just be with me, okay? So, do you think you would go? I mean, I, w- I would think so, right? Oh, it's stirring up in me to have you. Say, who would who would not go? Who can honestly say you wouldn't go? Some of us, okay, okay. Well, and I know again, not being political, I'm just, but. Most of us probably would. Or you can, you can just pick, you can okay, you can pick your favorite TV person, you can, whatever it is. That person comes in the room, invites you, you're probably going to go. You're probably not going to make excuses. Probably not. And then the word tells us that the master said to bring them and to go and compel them. You know what's going on here? Let me answer this question for a lot of people. We take, and we're a church about moving people toward Christ. And we're doing that. I mean, I can go back five years, and I can see, I mean, maybe more, but that's all we have records of. And I can see where we've been moving people toward Christ. What does that mean? I remember when I first came on staff here over a year ago, and Pastor Paul told me that, and I went, what does that mean? Well, moving people toward Christ, you know, what does that mean? I'm I'm a newbie here. Tell me, (laughs) you know, what does that mean? What does that look like? What's what's happening here? And as we're moving people toward Christ, and the next thing you know, um, God plants me here. Pastor Paul retires, and he plants me here uh, as senior pastor as of January 1st. And some of you said, I'm making a lot of changes. Not really. Uh, Not really. I've only made two changes. One is, and you were already doing it by moving people, one is to grow us closer in our relationship with God and to equip us to do so. And then second is there's seasons and times for everything to take us and to start turning us That we would take what God has put in us, his love, out to our community, out to the region, out to the world. That's it. That's the changes. So, if you're kind of wondering, okay, so where are we going as a church? Someone asked me, it was great, she isn't here, so I won't say her name. But she asked me just last week, Pastor Tony, are you going to make us one of those evangelical churches that goes out the doors and knocks on them? And when they answer the door, we're going to tell them they're going to heaven or hell. I said, no. (laughs) But I thought, awesome question. Because when you get questions, you can give answers. And if we have questions, let me tell you something. You got to ask them. And, And I really want to encourage you today. If you have a question, at visitor or regular, you know, if you're here all the time on your connection card, you know what? Write it down. If you're wondering about something or I mean even if you have say any kind of a question. Put put this take a, a moment to put it on this connection card and when we receive the offering, put it in the offering basket. Ask the question. Don't allow things to be unsaid. I get sometimes when we're in an environment like this. I mean, it's hard to get together. And right now, I'm working quite a lot, uh, doing a fairly large job, and um, I haven't had a whole lot of time to interact with some of you. And but, but listen to me. It doesn't doesn't mean you can't ask a question and you can't call me and you can't. I'm totally open. And for you that have called me and I didn't answer, I'm sorry. I'm I'm smiling on the internet. I'm smiling. That's, yeah, okay. God wants to move us out, He wants to use you. Yes or no? Or do you have excuses? Can I be that can I be that forward? Or are we gonna make excuses? Allow him to stir you up, allow him to use your gifts, allow him to touch you. When you move out and use what God has given you, that's when his love is expressed. When his love is expressed, God goes before you. God, we're talking about experiencing God in the realities. And the first reality is to have a relationship with God in the first place. The second reality in, in experiencing God is that he invites you to join him. No, he invites you to join him. The master here in Luke invited what? The people to join Him, He was providing everything. The meal, the service, the everything. And this probably wasn't like a two-hour event. It was probably about a seven-day party, you know? God wants us to get on what He's doing. And almost, I won't belabor this anymore. Just give me another four hours, and we'll, we'll get this nailed in. God is inviting us to join Him, and where we'll mess up, Is when we, if we stop and we make excuses, and the next thing you know, I'm not saying we're bad people. But the next thing you know, we want God to join us. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, okay, I'm going to pray about this. What should I, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I buy a car? Should I go to college? Should I uh, pray about those things, please? But what I'm getting at is, I'm going, hey, God, come and join me in this prayer for what I want to do. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? And God goes, ah, no, I'm over here. And um, I'm, you know what? There's this, there's this family that their house just burnt. And there, there's this person on the street. And, man, they just lost everything. They, they don't want to be. Some people want it to be street people. But there's people that don't want to be. And God says, I'm working over here. I'm working over here. Tony, I'm working over here. Would you just kind of, like, get up? And it doesn't have to be President Trump That this person doesn't have two cents to their name? That's struggling, that desires just to, to, to know that God's there? It's either our way or His way. So, how do we do this? I have a challenge for you this week. Please don't leave here and forget the challenge. You can forget the sermon, not the Word of God. <laughs> Don't forget this challenge. This week, pray every morning. God, show me where you're working. Show me. Show me. By faith, by his word, I'm telling you, he's telling me he will. He will. And how you respond, we either glorify God or not, but you'll see Him. You come back here next Sunday all of a sudden. Whew, I mean, you guys will be floating in the doors. It'll be awesome. It'll be a great service. It'll be Pray, ask God, where are you working? It'll help us get unstuck. Watch God work. It's awesome. He is awesome. So I met a gentleman last week, and uh, I've said something. I could tell he's a little down. I said, well, I'll pray for you. I have just a few little things I say, and it opens up doors like crazy. I don't go, oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, wait, let me go get my robe, put it on. Let me pray with you. (laughs) I mean, it was just a conversation at a counter. And you could just tell this person was down, and I went, oh, man, you, you look beat. He goes, I am, I am. And he, I said, what's up? He goes, I don't know. He said, I'm serious, I don't know. I just, there's something coming against me or something. And and I said, oh, wow. I said, well, man, I'll pray for you. And he goes, would you? And he goes, wait a minute, I heard you talking to so-and-so. You're a pastor. And I said, yeah. And he said, "Would well, you have a church? I said, yeah. And. He said, well, what's your church like? He goes, because I used to go to church. I went to church for 10 years, and I loved that church. It was a contemporary. Are you contemporary? Or are you, like, slow, or do you sing hymns, or what do you do? And I said, I, I don't know what we're doing. We're figuring it out. We're, we're getting there, though. It's awesome. And it really is, by the way. I, I love figuring things out because we grow together. It's awesome. I went to church faithfully, he says, for 10 years. Very contemporary church. I know the church. Preaches the gospel clearly, and I assumed something, and I said, "Well, you know, I wasn't saved until I was thirty-two years old. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't." And he looks at me and goes, "Yeah, yeah, that thing." And I said, "What thing?" He said, "Um, that save thing. I've never done that. Ten years." There is more people right now that God has stirred up their heart to receive one little thought from you that points them to Him than you even have a clue. I, I don't. That's not demeaning. Don't. Yeah, but I'm telling you, every day, three, five, ten, twenty people. It's a one word out of my mouth. I get a response. You take this week. You'll see. You'll see. I. I, I mean it. God is awesome. And this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. John 17:3. If you're here this morning, let the word of God speak to you. Jesus said to him, "I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." John 14:6. There's only one way to a relationship with God. You go back to the master in Luke and he sends out a servant. There's only one way for them to come to that party by invite. They could not come to that party without an invite. If they tried to, they would not be allowed in. It takes an invite. So in case you're wondering right here and right now, God himself is speaking and saying, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, every one of us. And for the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's inviting you. He's inviting you. Do you make excuses? I mean, seriously, I could have made excuses that day, September 29th, 1992, 1032 a.m. For me, I know, because I was 32 years old. I was Saul riding my white horse, and he knocked me off. So I remember very clearly that day I was saved. I repented, and I believed. Listen to me. Hear God. He's inviting you. Will you repent and believe? Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. It's an invite. But it's only by our SVP you have to respond. For if you don't respond, there is no eternity in heaven. I know that's hard to grab. I don't know prior to myself being saved and the Spirit of God revealing the Word of God to me that I was separated from God, I heard bits and pieces of that stuff and I just dismissed it. You know, some of you know exactly what I mean. It didn't mean anything to me. I, I just dismissed it. The invite was made and I just went, ah, not me, not today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you again for this day. I thank you For your grace, we thank you for your grace. Your love may be said of us, Lord, that we will be a people without excuses. That when you speak to us, we'll respond. But first and foremost is the response and the invite to be saved. To put our trust in your son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior. And if there's but one person, Lord, and surely there is here this morning, but one person. That you're speaking to their heart. Today is the day of their salvation. Today is the day. It's their choice. They might make the excuse. Well, but I'm not good enough. You'll never be good enough. You might make the excuse some other time. Well, why not now? And you might make the excuse. I've already done that. Well, probably if it's still on your heart, you haven't only God can reveal to you the need of your salvation so if today is that morning that time, that moment that God's speaking to your heart and inviting you to trust his son as your savior personally one on one do so RSVP Lord Jesus I repent and I believe because you're telling me it's true I receive your salvation. If you're here this morning and that's you, you've received the salvation, the invite by God to receive his son as your savior. All eyes are still closed. I just want to know to pray. Would you put your hand in the air so I can know how to pray? Anyone here this morning say, Pastor Tony, I accepted God's invite and accepted Jesus to be my savior. Anyone? Raise your hand. Just as a testimony. Father, go with us this week as we pray and as we seek to see what you're doing. Where you're working. And Lord, I pray and I claim in your name. I just believe this to be so true. Have your people come back with reports of what you're doing. That we might pray and and, and engage those things. It's not something I can do, God. It's something you have to put on our heart to do. To your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. If I could have the ushers come up, please. We're going to receive our offering for this morning.